For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in Vikings. I am your host, Dustin Baker, here with Brian McKinney, who won a Super Bowl with the Baltimore Ravens, and he played for the Vikings for 10 years. We also have, for a first time, my Vikings territory compadre, Sean Borman, who is our salary cap dude at Vikings territory. He's joining us to go over all the Vikings um, events, newsworthy stuff, all that this week. And Cora's back, Sally's off, and Ron from Eden Prairie, my right-hand man, is still going to be with us again this week. That's on the docket. We're going to go through all the Vikings topics. There's a million of them right now with all of the, the trade hearsay. We're going to get into all that stuff. But first, betonline.ag. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, and player performance props to where the next head coach that fired will land, BetOnline is number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLEAV, believe, to get started. And it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds. From sports all together, right on down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. My Vikings territory, homie, Sean Borman, you're joining tonight. Um, welcome to the show. First time. How are you tonight? I'm doing great amongst all this trade talk. (laughs) Yeah, it's been uh, rampant, um, especially when the Wilson thing fell out of the sky, which was always a rumor destination for him to go, but was just rumors until it wasn't anymore. Um, We have you on the show specifically because you are Vikings territory salary cap brain, and I thought you would be a fabulous guest for this time on the calendar. And so I want to know first from you, sir, if some of the predictable things occur, like Anthony Barr doesn't come back, perhaps Michael Pierce's trader doesn't come back. I still think they're going to find a way to meet in the middle with cousins. What is kind of the ceiling for cap relief that they can find by next Wednesday? So it's interesting. There's a lot of different things at play, different options at play. Uh, when you're talking about hanging on to Cousins, doing a typical restructure that we've kind of seen in the past with, you know, Spielman and what have you, obviously things will be a little bit different now. <laughs> fans have a little bit better feel for who's going to get restructured and, you know, who's going to get cut, basically. So long story short, <laughs> I have Vikings at about $40 million. Uh, and that, that's with keeping Cousins, restructuring all your guys on defense, your Daniil Hunters, your Harrison Smith, Eric Kendricks, uh, including a pay cut for Thielen as well. 
So it, you can still hang out to cousins and make it work with the gap. It makes it a, a lot more difficult. Your options are going to be not as vast in free agency, but they, they can pull it off if that's what they're wanting to do. And then in years past, even though things will be different this year, um, I know that they they would clear space and then they'd sign a dude here and there. But was was forty million usually the number Spielman could get to as well in that ballpark? In that ballpark, yeah. Okay. You know, to be heading into free agency it was maybe a little less than that, even. Okay. So um, obviously they weren't huge players in free agency. Your cousins. Um, Moves like that, Cousins was their probably biggest free agent. So you're, it's just so tough to tell. And honestly, <laughs> that's why I'm so excited with the new regime. You don't know which way they're going to go. Yeah, you can't so. predict it one iota, and it makes it next to impossible to try to even speculate what it's going to be. Yep, yep, and I love it. <laughs> so do we. Uh, Ron, so with all of the – today was a, a big day for speculation or rumors – um, even bigger than yesterday when the actual stuff happened with quarterback trades and Rogers going back. But do you foresee some like of the the afternoon's reports about how the Vikings will be sellers of their core nucleus dudes? Do you think those are credible and that we're really going to see a sell off under Quasi? I think uh, I think the important thing is to one like look at the how the verbiage is written, um, like just in any tweet or whatnot, because um, there's going to be a lot of reports out there. But if I'm a new regime, if I'm crazy, if I'm um, um, Kevin O'Connell, like obviously it would they they wouldn't be doing their their um, the proper service if they weren't if everything wasn't on the table. And obviously everyone has their own uh, connections within the industries and within the media where they're feeding them all this stuff, um, or at least, you know, talking to them on the record, off the record, at least sharing what their thoughts are, but what they tell one guy might not be what they tell someone else just because the relationship's different. It's not that there's necessarily any steam there or to drive up the price tag or anything. I think legitimately they're looking at they're leaving no stone unturned. And if you go back to Quasi in his uh, press conference, his initial press conference, his whole idea is about collaboration. And if he's not doing that with every player on the roster, it doesn't matter all the way from quarterback, all the way down to long snapper. If he's not exploring all options and looking what's out there, um, you know, as a, as a fan, I'd actually be kind of pissed. So I don't put a whole lot of weight in a lot of these reports that are out there. I think, there's a lot of writing on the walls as it is and, you know, whether cousins extended or if they can get value in a trade for them. Um, I mean, I think they're going to do what they believe is best for the organization and it's good to see that they at least have a plan in place. Um, you know, what that means for the Kendricks of the world and Harrison Smith and uh, Thielen. Um, I'm not sure, but I mean, I still want to see us, feel the competitive roster. And uh, even if it means eight wins, nine wins, I just want to see games in December that actually give us a shot, not uh, be done. You know, I don't want to be the jets. Yeah. And that's the commonality that we share. And we've been called like anti-tank or whether we're happy with mediocrity. It's like, no, I just like to watch a product that tunnels towards the playoffs with intention rather than self-inflicted futility. Um, Bryant. So I think you went through free agency a couple times and we've heard your story infamously about the Vikings trying to make you take a pay cut. But after that type of situation, um, are you just uh, hanging out and your agents telling you where you, you could go or you're getting nibbles or how does that work um, when you're on the player end? 
Well, I only went through it that one time um, going from Minnesota to Baltimore. How'd you get to the Dolphins then? Oh, they traded me. That was oh. on midseason. Oh. My bad. Yeah, so that was midseason. Um, I, I got traded. That. Yeah, so um, well, you so you know with the Vikings, I guess explained. I didn't want to restructure my contract, so then you're kind of, you know, I was trying to sit there and kind of evaluate the different teams like who were interested. But like I said, Ray Lewis had other plans, so he was trying to speed up my process. So <laughs> I ended up going to Baltimore. So he, uh, you were looking at other teams, you were weighing the the field, so to speak, and he just, you know. Was... He just kept calling. I was trying to remember, I was trying to make sure everything was like, you know, okay with, you have Michael Ord is already your left tackle. So <laughs> is that going to be a problem? Because I didn't plan on playing right. And then they had already had that plan. Now he, he was okay with moving to the right side and um, those different things. And it recalled, it was, it was basically him pressuring me to, to come there because <laughs> I couldn't get a chance to really get a feel for anybody else. <laughs> he kept calling. Well, in the end, he was doing the Lord's work because you got a Super Bowl ring from the team. He was. <laughs> <laughs> With that, that's what now, he kept saying in the conversation is like, you're the Mr. Peace. I need you <laughs> Now, I know you've talked about how, you know, Ray was instrumental in kind of getting you to Baltimore, but Ed Reed, obviously, one of your close friends from back in Miami, was where was he with the. Uh, obviously, I'm sure he was like, hey, come on down. We'll have some good times. But was he yeah. looking at it in the same way that Ray Lewis was? Ray was a lot more vocal about like Ed. I feel like Ray probably even told Ed to call me because he knew that me and Ed were closer. <laughs> and Ed called me like, "Bro, you know we can team back up again." Instead of from that standpoint, and I was like, "That's true. I haven't had any Hurricane teammates at all um, since I was in Minnesota." So I looked at it as that too, and um, and I was familiar with some people on the team where already Matt Burke was there. You know, Ed Reed. It was like one or two other people I already knew. So. I was like, all right, I mean, I can go there. It's close to the Jersey because I'm originally from Jersey, so it was only like an hour and a half drive. So I started thinking about all that type of things, all those type of things as well. So I, I found myself going there. Cora, on the the quarterback markets, when we entered the offseason, we had a three-headed monster of Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. <clears throat> and it kind of was stale for about six weeks. We thought maybe it would be a nothing burger in terms of movement. That wasn't true. Uh, Rodgers did stay home. Didn't surprise anybody. And Wilson fell out of the sky into the mountains with uh, Russell Wilson. And then I think with Watson, it's just a little bit more ho-hum because I believe he'll be suspended no matter what happens. So the pizzazz about him being traded will certainly be big news, but it'll be um, muted until he actually plays games. That's a long way of setting this up that now that the dust is clear, Carson Wentz even moved for a little mini trade package. Do you consider Cora Cousins as the last man standing on the quarterback trade market? So I know I said last time that I think that we'll keep him. <laughs> but if, I don't know, I don't know now. Now that, you know, Wilson went for as much as he did. And the fact that the Colts, so I wrote down a little list. I wrote down the Steelers were probably my number one if they need someone because they just don't have a quarterback. Like, you know, they have Tomlinson and all that, and they're really good. They've always been really good, and they just don't have one. But then I wrote the Colts is like a close second because they actually have a decent offensive line, and they would actually benefit mm-hmm. more with Kirk Cousins, who's really good with potentially really good with a good offensive line. And the Steelers were actually ranked lower than the Vikings with their offensive line last year. So I don't think he would do any better there. So I don't know. I think they could 
throw in a few things. I don't know if the Colts would have enough to really like, I don't, I don't think the Colts would have enough to interest the Vikings, but the Steelers might have enough. I just don't know if Kirk Cousins would be beneficial with the Steelers. So long short of it, I have no idea, but it's interesting. <laughs> no, but it's one thing right. I wanted to question mm-hmm. since my husband's a little bit obsessed with Derek Carr is <laughs> would that be a trade option? No. Between those two. Between the Vikings? No. Because they've like, what was it two years ago? Or was it last year that they were like, yeah, we don't know about Derek Carr. Oh, yeah. The Raiders might be open trading him, but Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr are the same human being. They like yeah. we don't we don't really know if they are fringe elite or if they're gonna come up short in the playoffs, or if all they need is a Rams like supporting cast to win a Super Bowl. And Stafford was in that same conversation, in my opinion, one year ago. So um, I don't think I think that if they la- they move to Carr, I think it would be a complete lateral move. And maybe you have a guy who's just a little bit cooler than Cousins, but certainly I don't think he's a better quarterback. But so I mean that, 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 that if if you like Carr, I understand. Oh, the, I'm a, that, I'm indifferent. My husband yeah. used to play with baseball with him, so like oh yeah, he's followed him throughout his whole career. Yeah, but so no, the Vikings he's are either him the whole time. The Vikings and he's are. Like, I now cheer for the Vikings, so bring him here. <laughs> the Vikings will either do the young man route and draft to do this year or next, or they'll try to get better with Watson or Kyler Murray or something. I don't think they're just going to go do a Cousins clone, in my opinion. Yeah, and I will to add on, um, like when you mentioned the Colts. So, Dustin, if you recall, like I criticized Frank Reich and the Colts and how they operated. Like they thought Carson Wentz was – Kirk Cousins and like, hey, we have Jonathan Taylor and a great offensive line, but let's throw the ball 40 times with Carson mm-hmm. Wentz and see what happens. Now, if, if, like um, like what you said, just said a few minutes ago, um, Cousins would be perfect for that offense because the running game, the play action, you know, mm-hmm. obviously the offensive line. Um, but yeah, also to your point, they don't have the draft capital. Like they don't have, a, they gave up a first round pick for Carson Wentz last year. Um, you know, unless it's a draft pick this year, first rounder this year, um, and I don't see them just emptying all their second rounders, third rounders, and a future first for for Kirk. But um, but yeah, like both the Colts and Steelers are, I would think, are the two teams that would benefit most from um, an infusion of talent at the quarterback spot. Sean, I'm going to give you a little speech here, set this up, and then I know you're kind of lukewarm on Cousins. I believe in our private conversations, you've implied that you'd rather see the, the page turned and moved on, but correct me if I'm wrong here in a minute. But these seven football teams, as of March 9th, do not have a clear cl- clear-cut plan at quarterback. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Indianapolis Colts, Carolina Panthers, New Orleans Saints, Seattle Seahawks, Pittsburgh Steelers, Houston Texans. That is seven franchises that need to have a starter in September. Um, if you're optimistic, Malik Willis, Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett could in theory be week one quarterbacks, although that's really pushing it, um, in terms of making the thing happen. Otherwise you've got Garoppolo, maybe Mitch Trubisky, maybe Jameis Winston for three of those teams, um, with your opinion, sir. Now incorrect the record about your, your, your thoughts on cousins. Do you think he'll, he'll move in this cycle? You know, I've, I've always felt that he, he would be moved. And the moves that have happened lately with the front office, everything from Eric Sugarman now, the athletic trainer, it really feels like they're starting to clear the house. So I, I feel like they're going to do the same thing with the roster. 
So Cousins is your biggest elephant in the room. Uh, he's obviously got a huge $45 million cap hit. Uh, between him and Hunter, those are obviously the two biggest uh, cap hits you're looking at, the two biggest hurdles. Um, to set the record straight on Cousins, as far as his play goes, I mean, I'm a little torn. I'm really – I don't think you can say for a fact that he'll never win a Super Bowl because look what Matthew Stafford did this year. And I think he's got a similar skill set. Um, I don't think he's as good as a Stafford. But um, there's just certain intangibles with Cousins from my past playing football and just from a leadership standpoint that I think he he, he lacks. So I feel like it is time for the Vikings to move on. They gave it a pretty good shot. Uh, I really wish they would have done more with the offensive line. They, they knew what Kirk Cousins was. They knew that he couldn't handle the pressure that, that well up front in the middle. So I really think they should have beefed up that center and the guard spots a little bit more. I feel like they could have done more of that. And then we wouldn't be having these arguments quite so much on like Vikings Twitter that, you know, hey, they, they give it a real shot, you know, and they, that just didn't happen. So I, I don't put it all on him. I'll put it that way. He's he's a good player, um, great player. You can you can argue that. Um, but, yes, uh, I do see him gone. I think it's time to start fresh. Uh, as far as his replacement, you mentioned the draft. There's some decent guys in the draft, some pretty exciting guys. Uh, and you can always go the bridge QB option as well. You know, your Gardner, Minshew's, your Jameis Winston. I don't know if you, how you guys feel about that, but uh, I think that's a pretty logical way to go if they do in fact trade in. I got to follow up. How do you reconcile your somewhat prediction of a mini fire sale of Cousins and others how do you reconcile that with the, the promise that ownership gave that they're going to be competitive? I don't. <laughs> um, I, I just, I think they're doing a good PR move there. Okay. Um, that's just how I see it personally. Um, okay. They feel differently in your opinion. Yeah, B-Mac. I, didn't know, I didn't know Eric Sugarman was going. Yeah, Sally Sally was going to be on the show tonight, but she uh, had something come up at the last minute. And uh, so, yeah, we were going to ask you about that. That was going to be on my, my docket here. Yeah, the Vikings, after 16 years, they cut ties with him, and that just was like out of nowhere. We thought we thought we were done. And so yeah, yeah, Sally did. No, they, no, well, it just kind of happened out of nowhere. And there's been some reports um, like from past players um, over the last few days. Well, like comments, like, <laughs> comments from Tweets. past players talking about how, uh, um, you know, like maybe he was part of the toxicness, toxicity in the, in the, um, the, with the staff. Um, so I guess Sally wanted, um, wanted us to make sure we asked you because we know your times um, overlap. Like, what are you, yeah. What are you, what's your experience with him? Did you ever have anything that you thought like, Hey, this guy doesn't get it or. No, he came in with Coach Childress, I know, and Roach. So Roach is going – like, everybody's going to Roach? I think his entire staff, yeah. Oh, so he, he came in with Coach Childress. He came with Coach Childress from Philly. But, um, I mean, I was there when he arrived, but he was always, you know, cool. And even when Coach Childress left, you know, he was still there. Yeah, and, he's had three um, regimes that he's made it right. through. What's weird about it is just it's the timing of it because – they had him go to the combine, do all the medicals and meet up with all the players and that stuff. And then a week later, 
like, yeah, you're out the door. We're going to bring in someone else. Where it's like, if they knew they were going to, with the whole staff changes, they were going to replace them. Like that should have been done. Maybe. I mean, maybe the, you know, the new head coach had somebody here already wanted to bring in that yeah. he was familiar with or that's, something. And that's probably why that happened. Because other than that, I can't really see like randomly letting him go. That's my theory, Ron, is that uh, O'Connell came from the Rams. And if I had to guess, I have no evidence here. I would I would say that somehow O'Connell or, or Quasi learned that this dude was attainable. And they looked around and they wanted to improve and said, well, we're going to go in a different direction because this guy has a track record of pristine health by these Rams players. And I don't think no, no matter what Afadi Dembo or Jeff Bidette said about Sugarman being mean. I don't. I, I don't personally think that was the reason. But that's. I, so I don't either. Like yeah. that's what was odd about yeah. it because he was, you know, well, like receipt like his treatment of Teddy Bridgewater and his knee. Like some would say that he could have potentially saved the young man's life and his <laughs> leg. And like that doesn't sound like someone who runs a toxic. Like, you know, it's from all accounts I've ever heard, he was, you know, good at what he did, well-respected. So, I mean, I'm hoping that it is just strictly like a business move. Like, hey, you know, I have a good relationship with this guy that I'm bringing in. I just thought the timing of it's weird because unless you're so far down the combine route where, hey, he may already have some insights to these players because of different reports that they may have gotten. And there was only a couple weeks lead up to the combine maybe that's why like hey we're gonna get you through the combine um and then bring in our guy but i just i thought that was the only weird part about it until you see when jeff no offense but when jeff bedette is chiming in like i don't like that guy has had more chances in the nfl that he's ended up in the aaf and ufa whatever all these different leagues like where there might be more to him not being in the league than a trainer Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. Bryant, let me, uh, I'll read. Bryant Afadi Adenbo was a defensive end for the Vikings for three or four years, and he plays for the Browns now. And when the news hit that Sugarman was let go, Afadi, on his own, wasn't asked by anybody. He tweeted this, and I'm going to read this verbatim. It was my rookie year with the Vikings. I was put on the practice squad during the season. I had a small injury, and I went to get treatment, so I asked trainers to see me. Eric Sugarman, Eric Sugarman tells me, I wish I got paid six figures to work three times a week. And then he proceeded to ignore me. Does that sound like Sugarman to you? He could have said, but it could have been in a sarcastic way. Like, I feel like Sugarman was sarcastic with things. I mean, he was with us, but like people joked back. So you have people like me, Pat Williams and everybody. And I, I think yeah, just breaking balls, right? I, yeah, so I think that could have been taken out of context. So, like, you're reading it like that, it's going to sound like, oh, but that could have been in a joking way that, and that's why I say some of these kids are more sensitive than <laughs> my generation because somebody would just say something back to them. Like, you know what I mean? It, it would have been, like, in a joking spirit. It, I don't feel like he to say that. And that's the thing. Maybe he isn't able to change his personality to adjust to these sensitive kids. And it may be something to do where, you know, you're hearing it from practice squad players where maybe there's a difference if he says it to, hey, a starter star name on the team making a joke to someone right. who's actively right. fighting their ass off. But to I feel like they're probably in joking form. Yeah. Right. You guys that makes have, sense. You guys have seen the movie Grand Torino, right? Oh, yeah. You know, when he tells <laughs> them they're going to get his haircut and he's like, go in there mm-hmm. and to call the man a son of a bitch, insult him a little bit. Yeah. And I, th- I think that might be the spirit here. Um, right. Because I don't know. I think how- that's what it was too. Because I, I remember us having like a lot of back and forth with Suge and Roach. 
but like everybody's joking. <laughs> it's a joke. Like, and you know, I know that Sally's point as well with the Donut Club. It's he's the founder of the Donut Club, and all like how many guys were like Everson Griffin was gone, and then he came back, and he's you know back in the group and everything. And it's like he didn't seem like he was a divisive person in the locker room because all those guys seem to love him. So yeah. I think um, was sensitive. Yeah, and <laughs> at the end of the day, you don't survive 16 years in the same job by being shitty at your job or treating people right. like shit. Right. Three coaching or two coaching changes, three different regimes as well. So, you know, so unsurprisingly, there's probably somewhere in the middle is the truth. Um, I'm going (laughs) to move on to the next topic, Cora. Uh, The thing that we have on the docket is this super exciting for a guy who plans these podcasts and whatnot. When we talk a week from now, we'll have Fred Smoot on and we'll be talking about perhaps some free agent moves that have actually occurred right now. We've been hanging on pins and needles waiting for anything in terms of clap uh, cap clearing maneuvers. But I want to know from from your brain, Cora, do, will the Vikings be movers and shakers um, between Monday and Wednesday next week? Um, will it come up as uh, a big nothing or will it be somewhere in the middle, ma'am? Well, I'm going to give you what I want them to do and then what I think they'll do. So I think they're going to be I want them to be movers and shakers. I want them like now that. You know, Rogers is sure. Honestly, last week I was excited that Kirk Cousins is going to stay on the team. Now I'm like, we should just trade him to get as much as we can and, you know, get other people in there, get a, you know, keep Mackenzie Alexander, Nick Vigil, Joseph, maybe Peterson, and then sign some big name people because, I mean, $45 million is a lot of money. There's a couple of, offensive linemen that are available in free agency and our offensive line stinks <laughs> relatively. They're expensive but, though. That's the only catch. Well, if you get rid of Kirk cousin, that frees up some stuff. Protect so, Ellen Mond. Uh, <laughs> woo! <laughs> Bring that Kyle Sloter. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. No, um, not. <laughs> <laughs> but I would, I would like to see them build what I think they'll do is I think that they'll just, you know, sign a few people, move some other people around and just kind of be, they'll be more exciting than they have been in years past, but I don't think they're going to do anything. I'll give, I'll give my little cautionary tale. And I think Ron and I could have a marathon show that would last 12 hours on this single topic. Uh, I, I'm, I totally, I swear to God, I will be okay if they trade cousins because I trust the new regime to give it a whirl. But I, I caution against this bridge quarterback stuff because since Fran Tarkenton <laughs> left the team, we've had a bridge of 40 years to nothingness. And I understand that Cousins hasn't dragged the team to the postseason. Um, they only got there once and they only won one playoff game. And I, I'm totally on board with the logic of ending that era. However, if we do this stuff where we just go get Mariota and then we, we pair him with some guy, Desmond Ritter, and hopefully he turns out to be good. And we do that again. And then it didn't work out three years from now. And then we're like, oh, looking around each other saying, God, we need a guy who throws 30 touchdowns per year. Where can we find that? We'll be like, oh, we had that. You didn't want him anymore. So I, I'm very skeptical about doing this bridge quarterback stuff because I just, my whole life has been a bridge of Vikings football to almost stuff. <laughs> and the funny part about that is, you know, like the argument where you get all these people who are, uh, you know, these Justin Jefferson stands, which he's a fantastic player. I am absolutely happy we have him and I love him. But then they'll say, we're wasting his years here. We're, waste, or we're wasting his uh, early years. It's like, dude just came out and had the best two-year start to a season <laughs> NFL history, and you're wasting him? What do you think is going to happen if you have, you know, and I'm not, 
just I'm saying the name because of what he did with Chicago, not shot at UCOR at all. But Mitchell Trubisky, <laughs> he comes in here and overshoots him, throws it at his feet. Like, then you're really going to have someone who now is all of a sudden looking into year four. Like, I don't know who's throwing me the ball. So um, those are the people that I laugh the loudest at. Like, you're wasting someone's career. Like, but wouldn't you be doing that with taking the route that you want rather than, you know, just staying, like, you know, with at least some level of competency? So, yeah, I – uh, to your point, I'm right there with you. Either find a way to trade everyone, like this, the combine, and every year it happens where there's like five guys that I'm like, oh, I absolutely want this guy. Like I get this extreme hard on for him, and like so I'm like, hey, let's trade. So at this point, I'm like, trade Hunter, trade Kendrick, trade Harrison, trade Thielen. But as long as we get all first round picks, let us go get Jordan Davis. Let us get um, the Florida State edge guy. Let us get um, you know. Um, sauce gardener like I, I would love it if you could have a reset and make it like a video game where you just go and get five young guys that look like they're absolute studs and plug them in right away and then figure everything out as time goes on but the world doesn't work that way yeah sean so you've already prognosticated that you you're leaning towards there being trades to offload some of the aging veterans to get cap money does that then translate into the Vikings being movie, movers and shakers on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday? I believe so. I think okay. they're going to. I think there's going to be a lot of big changes. I think they're going to basically shift from being a team that was supposed to be built more around Cousins to being a team that's built around a young quarterback on a rookie deal. So I think you're going to see a lot of the money move as well. Uh, once that money is offloaded, I think you're going to see more of an investment in the offensive line, probably the defensive line too. Uh, I can see Pierce maybe being cut. Uh, well, yeah, I can see Pierce being cut. So um, possibly replacing him up front and in the interior defensive line. So, yeah, I really see a lot of significant changes in the way that the roster shapes. Probably an investment uh, at cornerback as well. Okay, and then in in the scenario where they do try the bridge thing with a clear clear cut plan, damn it, to the next guy, um, would you rather that be Malik Willis, Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett, or uh, Kellen Mond? Poor Mond. <laughs> this is well, exactly. I, I'm a big. I don't, I don't want to say I'm a big Mond guy, but I uh, <laughs> I feel like he's been disrespected. Yeah, a whole. Uh, um, and uh, I feel like he hasn't been given a fair shot at all. I personally liked what I saw from him at training camp last year. He's he doesn't look like a you know Tom Brady thing right away, but he has the tools. He's got a cannon for an arm. He's mobile, athletic. I would like to see him get a fair chance, uh, and probably add a bridge quarterback, a veteran of some sort, and those guys compete as well as a guy in the draft. So you got three new quarterbacks that you can kind of uh, have a competition with. On that training camp, uh, just this just came on, and I want to tell the listeners. So Sean and I, we didn't sit together. I brought my family, but we were, we were there, um, I believe, for the night that Jake Browning had to take over because of COVID stuff. 
And I didn't have, I wasn't because I was with my family. I wasn't on Vikings Twitter on my phone very much until we got back to that Omni hotel. That's within walking distance. And all of the reports that were coming out were that Browning won the night and he's going to be Mr. Mankato. And when I was watching it, I was like, this guy didn't look very good. And I was, I was, I remember the receivers bailing him out. So I was like, am I tripping? So I texted Sean and said like, what did I miss here? And I, I believe you reply with like something to the effect, like, yeah, he didn't blow me out of the water either. And um, in retrospect, we were correct. But I remember thinking the, like, I think Courtney Cronin tweeted, the Vikings have found their QB two. And I'm like, no, better not be the QB two over Mon. <laughs> and yeah, then he wasn't with the team after three weeks after that. I'm, All I'm right. just excited to get out of that old mentality, um, if you will, of just not, playing the younger guys and the rookies, mm-hmm. I, I think that was really detrimental to the team and uh, developing the roster. So I, I'm just excited to move on from that. Yeah, I think and I think it'll inevitably happen. It was a holdover from that Parcelsian approach that the dude has to to prove it. I mean, even it applied to Justin Jefferson. He had to prove We had it. to sit him. I just... Well, he did. And in Zimmer's defense, he did blow that one route against the Packers. But I mean, rookies make mistakes. And that caused the the pick six, if you might remember. But yeah, you don't. But even don't so, it was the option was Tajay Sharp. Like <laughs> that's it's not like you had, you know, like this version of KJ Osborne out there. Like, and I get it. There's COVID year, no playbook, whatnot. So there's some justification on it. But when that justification turns into looking out there and seeing Tajay Sharp, <laughs> you as a coach lose all credibility at that point. When uh, you have a first round draft pick. You throw him out there. You see what happens. The dude at eight, what, eighteen hundred yards in college, uh, um, his final year, like in a for one of the best college football teams, um, you know, since the the hurricane to us team, um, and you're not going to play him out of pride. That that was dumb. Yeah, it's it's also a Belichickian move because when rookies do dumb shit, they get pulled, and you never really see them for about a month when that happens. So I think it's an old school football coach thing, which we don't have to worry about anymore. Uh, Bryant, I want to ask you this is kind of high level. So Tom Brady retired. Russell Wilson left the NFC is now a wise time for the Vikings to have a fire cell and get rid of their core players when the NFC could be there for the taking. I mean, depending on what they, if they're thinking short-term or long-term goals, um, they want to just win right now and then they'll try to keep everybody and, and see if they can just take over. Or if they want to think long term, they'll make the adjustment they need to make and keep, you know, solidify some guys for a long term amount of time and try to build a team out. Cora hit me with it is if you start to think about how the quarterbacks that are in the NFC, Rodgers, cream of the crop, then there's Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, Matt Stafford, who the, the Murray, Stafford and Prescott are pretty damn good. I don't know that they're in Mahomes or Rogers category, but then after that, it's a big pile of maybes and vomit and like, they're just not very good. So is there any part of you that thinks it's silly to tear the team down to the studs when the competition is uh, outwardly weaker? You know, I was thinking about that and I was trying to go through, like I went through the, the AFC and I was like, man, there's just a ton of really good teams. And then you go through the NFC and there's just, not that many, but at the same time, like the team that is standing out the most is the Packers. And I know that the first reports were out that his, what his contract was. And then he tweeted out that that's not actually what it is. And he wants to take a team friendly deal or whatever. 
if he actually takes a team friendly deal and they actually give him more than just the two main players he has, I, I don't see us beating the Packers. I don't see us having enough movement to make as big a difference if we, you know, bandaid over everything. So I, I mean, I hate the Packers. So this is not coming. This is very bitter taste in my mouth. I honestly just don't know if, I don't know. I just, I, there's not that many teams, but the team that's out there has like arguably the best quarterback in the NFL. And he, if he takes a team friendly deal, you know, they fill up all their holes. He's not going to take a team friendly deal. Well, (laughs) you never know. It's half of what's being reported is what he wants to do. And half is what they are going to do. But for a guy who team friendly, will be like 45 million for him. Yeah. For a guy who doesn't tweet, like he tweets like probably as frequently as me, not which are even less. Um, he only tweeted that because the Russell Wilson news came out. And he's he like, oh, no one's in... talking about me anymore. So, yeah. Um, but with that, so Sean, I know you're the cap guy. Um, do you strictly kind of just follow like Vikings cap or do you kind of have a, your at least finger on the pulse of other teams out there? I try to have my finger on as many teams as I can it, it's it's tough because rosters are so huge right uh the pack definitely one that i keep an eye on uh ken okay. angles is the guy he, he's taught me a lot cap wise so okay. I, I, I have my finger on the ball for the package so so that is kind of where my question is as far as with the packers particularly now Corey made a great point with they do it if obviously keeping rogers and adams there like that's really all you need to keep around because they'll be in contention with that alone. Like, you know, they'll at least lose the Niners um, at one point in the playoffs <laughs> a little later, maybe. But um, with that, with their cap space, obviously they're one of those teams that has a lot of issues. Um, and I feel like they're going to lose a lot on defense. Um, like I think Devondre Campbell played himself into a big deal. I think, um, you know, one or both of the Smiths on the outside, they're going to be gone. Um, so they'll still have some nice players with Kenny Clark, uh, Jair Alexander, Darnell Savage, like some good pieces. But I think some of these veteran guys that they've brought in um, over the past few years could be cap casualties. Now, do they have room to financially fit them on the team? Like assuming Rodgers gets, you know, like $40, $45 million a year, Adams at the franchise tag, uh, Bakhtiari, all those guys that they have to pay, are they going to be able to remain that level of competitiveness on the defensive side personnel-wise? Uh, that's a great question. I, I personally don't think so. Uh, they're going to still be good. They've got some rising pieces. Um, you know, they've got, um, I'm trying to think of their cornerback who's really good. Eric Stokes. Stokes. Uh, Jair? Yeah, Jair. Yeah. Uh, so they, long story short, with the Rodgers and um, Adams deals, I think Zadaria Smith is almost for surely going to be cut. So that's going to be a huge loss for them. He's, he's a great pass rusher, uh, one of the best in the division for sure. So that's going to be a big loss. It sounds like he may be one of the few losses that they do have, uh, maybe a couple more guys on defense. Um, but that alone in 3-4 defense, which they run, is is a huge loss. So it's – they're one of the teams that um, it's kind of like, oh, if their defense is solid, it's more of a plus because their offense is just that good. 
but I, I just don't think their defense is going to be quite the same. Will they still be the favorite in the NFC North? Absolutely. Uh, but to answer your question, yeah, the defense won't quite be the same. I don't think they're all that scary. I mean, we we beat them at home. They're going to, if they retain, which sounds like they will, Rodgers and Adams, they're going to have to pay the piper in other roster spots. So they'll be good, but I, I, they don't inspire that Mahomes-level Chiefs fear that I've had for three seasons where it's like, oh, Christ, how are we going to beat – how's anybody going to beat these guys? And um, glad I'm not in the AFC. I'm glad the Vikings aren't in the AFC. Well, that's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about with this quarterback uh, you know, power shift. It's almost like the Western Conference of basketball from 10 years ago versus the Eastern Conference where – you got Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, possibly Watson, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow. I'm forgetting some other ones. And then you look at the NFC where the Vikings, the Shazam, they play, and you're like, God, is this really the best time to be voluntarily crappy when this is probably one of the weakest NFC quarterback hodgepodges in history? Um, that, that's what I try to reconcile. And that's why I've continued to pound home on Twitter. And I think Sally and I did this on, on the show about three weeks ago that when Adolfo Minso was hired, he didn't come into this thing thinking, I'm getting rid of this Cousins guy, damn it, because quarterback wins. That's how I do stuff. He didn't do that. And he also didn't come in wearing a Cousins jersey saying, this is my guy, hell or high water. He's going to figure out how much he thinks he's worth, and he's going to talk to Cousins people. And if Cousins people are hell-bent on $40 million, then he's going to explore a trade. If they can meet in the middle at 33 35 then Cousins is going to be the quarterback. It's fluid, and it's about value. And I think that we've become, I know we've become divided on uh, Cousins, you know, talents or his ability to lead a football team, but it's not as cut and dry as the, oh, will they trade or, you know, will they extend him? It's about how much money he's going to be willing to back off a little bit or how much the Vikings will go over a little bit to determine whether or not he's the quarterback. Well, and I don't think that like it, obviously if he's at that $45 million cap hit there, we can't be competitive. I mean, just like we said with the Packers, if he's at that $40 million cap hit, it's going to be really hard for Packers to be competitive. So, like, I mean, it almost makes it that you, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. It's going to be really interesting because we have to take a pay cut in order to stay competitive, or he has to, or an extension. And I don't know. It's going to be, I'm really excited to see what happens and how it pans out. There's always this variance that <clears throat> Cousins on his current contract or the last contract, may I look at it, he's about the eighth highest played quarterback in the world. And usually when a season's done, in terms of the statistics, he's about the 11th best. So we spend all this time bitching about these three spots, these, these three planks on a ladder to figure out, is he worth it? Now, if you if if indeed Cousins wants that forty million, that's going to put him up there in top five tier. And then even the people that you know support Cousins are going to say, ah, that's a little bit too much. So I, that's that's why I think that this is drawing out longer than our our patient spans are enjoying, is because I, I don't know if there's going to be wiggle room between Cousins' agent, who's shrewd as hell. I am tired of the Kirk Cousin debate on Vikings Twitter. Oh yeah, well it's every day. <laughs> yeah, it, it could be coming to an end depending on. Um, I hope so. Whichever way it is, I hope so. Sean, when you uh, kind of, I guess we're leaning towards seeing wholesale change with some of the players being dealt. Is Eric Kendricks in that that bag? I mean, I don't want it. 
I don't want him to be gone, but I think um, he could be, depending on if they have a good enough offer. Uh, I'm not sure if you saw the Lock and Fora report today, but he was included in the players that could be dished along with, uh, I think it was Thielen, Cook, and Pierce. Mm-hmm. So guys that are a little bit older, um, their contracts are absolutely huge in the next two, uh, in the next year or two. So it's those are it would be moves that Eric, uh, Eric Hendricks specifically would be a move to better match the defense, change into a three four. And I'm not really an expert on the three four defense. I don't really know how Kendricks would fit in that role on the three four. Um, Bryant, I'm not sure if you're if you know schemes that well too on defense, but uh, I'd be interested to know if you. How you see uh, Kendrick's uh, like a future. like the the utilization of a true middle linebacker? Exactly. Yeah, and three four. I always like a four three better, but I mean, people just have to make some adjustments and get used to playing a three four. I don't. I don't really see Kendrick. I, I see him better in a four three. Oh, okay. So now, like Brian, um, obviously, when you played with with uh, Baltimore, they primarily ran a 3-4, but when they won their first Super Bowl back in 2001, they were 4-3 because they had Sam Adams and Sierra Gusa up front. Now, from Ray, did Ray Lewis ever have any insight as far as, like, I know he always wanted big guys up front to make it easier for him, but did he ever have any insight as far as what was better for his success? No, he always, like you said, I was one of the big guy up front to take on two blockers that, that would keep him free. So I knew that was just something he emphasized is having a big man. And we did. Um, Terrence Cody was like that big guy that he went to absorb two people. Or even um, people had to double team. Um, um, the athletic one. I don't know his name. He was like the best on, defense. On the end? No, he was in the middle too. Um, Holodi. Bart. Sorry, Holodi not Oh, hello, yeah. Yeah. So somebody like that too, like always needed to double team and that helped, you know, that helped Ray. So he always wanted a big guy there in the middle, regardless to take on two people. Right. All right. Well, let's see. We got uh, probably time for one more segment. This is usually when I'd ask for Sally's segment. She usually has some sort of human interest stuff, Um, but I'm going to take my crack on it. Crack at it. Sean, what are your plans in the spring and summer? Do you, do you ever go to the draft or do you just watch it at home, training camp, preseason? How embroiled in the Viking stuff or NFL stuff do you get for all of the off-season events? I love the off-season. <laughs> my time of year, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I usually go to a draft party somewhere. If the Vikings are throwing it, I'll most likely be there. Um, as you know, uh, I will definitely be at training camp. That's honestly my favorite time of the year is training camp. Um, Especially, you know, if we have a season like we did. But, yeah, I'm definitely all about the Vikings. I'll be looking forward to every single move in the offseason. Yeah, I think you usually – so I've been a season ticket holder since the bank opened. And the first year we went to the preseason games, like, you know, total rubes and everything. Uh, but then I usually just give them away to somebody who thinks it's really cool to go to a preseason game. But this year, with the new product, I might bring the the group up to the preseason um, but for, for me last year, I went to the draft in Cleveland and that was pretty awesome. One, uh, I've said this before on this show and I think my other show with, uh, Wes Johnson and Jason Bowen, 
The NFL draft is free for anybody to know that. You just got to find a way to get there. And then if you go to their app, you can get free tickets. And if you're early, you get the first night. If you're not, then you get the next day. Um, but it's a fun experience. It's a big party. Um, now that I you know, write so damn much for Vikings territory, I prefer to be home for the big moments because I can get on the internet and scribble right away. And a dirty little secret, which probably isn't so secret about NFL sports media, is that all of the traffic and all of the money-making happens now. And you would think that if your team's rocking and rolling with a 10-2 and record, that it's a complete bonanza. Well, it is, but it's supersized in the offseason because people want to know how the team is shaping up. So um, I prefer to be at home as of late anyhow uh, in terms of how I digest the news. Um, But I go to training camp religiously. Um, Always loved Mankato but also I'm not one of the ones that constantly does nostalgia over it. I do like the new place. Um, and then, yeah, the preseason, I think I will saddle up my, my two kids and, and wife for, for that shebang. Um, Cora, you're kind of a mystery. We don't know what your plans are. Do you, do you drag that Derek Carr loving husband of yours to <laughs> uh, Viking stuff or how does this work? Um, so I have officially converted him to a Minnesota Vikings fan <laughs> successfully since you, we moved. But tell to him what you had Cal- to give. I am a Yankees fan. Yeah, see that. (laughs) Okay, let me just say this. Let me just say this. My husband's great uncle is Ralph Terry. Oh, really? He was the 1962 World Series MVP. So I cannot um, claim a baseball team over the Yankees. Okay, all right. (laughs) So I will say that I we follow baseball as much as we can because that's his thing. Um, but he did finally become a Vikings fan this year, and we have dropped the Cowboys. Oh, so, that's that's a big move. Thank in goodness. Itself. Okay, but right? what about the, anyway, the sorry. training camp? Um, we just moved up in June, so we actually got free tickets from Sally, and we went to the training camp. So oh. back in um, this last summer, so we'll probably hit up at least once or twice again, um, and we'll I don't know, we'll see about a preseason game. They're kind of long, and the boys are pretty fidgety. So I don't know, but my husband and I like to go to games and we try to keep them entertained as they go. So we'll hit up one or two of all of it. I brought my son and uh, daughter to the Halloween uh, Cowboys game. And they were there. Yeah. They had a blast with uh, the tailgating. I got a lot of cool videos and then uh, we got to the game and my son started doing the fidgety part. And I made the strategic yeah. decision not to bring in his tablet because why did I spend a hundred something bucks on his ticket if he's going to play his tablet the whole time? However, about one quarter into it, I was like, I should have brought that damn tablet uh, because he just simply, he was only four at the time and he wasn't quite there Yeah, down for a three hour experience. I've got uh, a six year old uh, and a five year old. So oh, you do? Kinda, mm, yeah. Okay. So you get so it. So they're just on the cusp of like, sort of liking it. now bryant um like obviously like the fan perspective or this time of year is always going to be a lot different than a player's perspective because obviously we have the draft free agency all of that but what do you do from this time now that the super bowl's over the combine's over like when you're an active player not anything leading up to your being drafted or not but what do you do as a player as far as whether it's you know diet weights that type of stuff or just are you in strict college mode like i'm done i'm relaxing and you can't get me to do anything out of the norm uh probably relaxing and probably start back working out in like two weeks or so because i know like april is like the um office workout starts back mid-april so you probably take a couple weeks off go on vacation somewhere like do something with the time um and then come back and start like getting in the training mode 
All right. So we're going to, we're going to tail off here, but Sean, I want to give you a moment for closing arguments um, because this is, this is your Super Bowl coming up with the free agency and the salary cap. Give us a closing statement if you would, sir. I'm looking forward to these major changes by the Vikings. Uh, I do foresee your cousins getting traded. Uh, His demand is rising rapidly. Uh, So just mentally prepare yourself. It may not happen, but uh, chances are it likely will. Uh, and like I said, I do foresee the team shifting uh, to one that's built around a rookie quarterback. Uh, you should see some assets changing, some more investment in the offensive in trenches, I should say, uh, as well Good. as quarterback. So, <laughs> I, I can't wait. This is a pretty exciting time uh, like his territory. Uh, it's yeah, it's just exciting. I can't wait to see a brand new, fresh roster, a fresh way of looking at things from the GM. Um, and uh, yeah, just even the little small moves here, CJ Hams, your Greg mm-hmm. Joseph. Very excited to see what happens with those guys. And um, but mainly just, just excited for the fresh new start. Amen, my man. Um, Bryant, so we have Fred Smoot on next week. Is anything off limits for him? No, you know how Fred is. <laughs> so we shouldn't <laughs> skate around the obvious topic. They probably bring it up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, Sean, Cora, thanks for joining. Um, the other rest of you, plus Sally, will be back next week. That's all we got for tonight. And Skull Vikings. Also, Brian, did did Smoot wear twenty one in Washington? Do you, I know he wore twenty one here. Right? Yeah. Because I, I should throw on my Sean Taylor jersey next next week then. Uh, <laughs> I think he's here with 21. I think when Smoot left, Sean took over 21. And then I think when he went back, he was 27, I believe. Yeah. So, all right. <laughs> all right, folks. Good night. All right. Okay. Have a good For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.